Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, welcome aboard. We're ready for another edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Radio Network online, wherever you're tuned in. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Opening segment of our show every day is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue. Today is no exception. It's a great place to take your family for a wonderful meal, and it is the next place you need to call when you have a special event that you want to cater. Dickie's has a Catering plan for just about everyone. So the Bank Course Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, that's where we're broadcasting from this afternoon. Bob and Kelly in Hattiesburg, Luke Johnson over in Laurel. Joe Marino, who is the Director of Player Personnel for Southern Miss Football, going to join us here a little bit later in the show. But uh, we have a studio guest today, and let me read this resume real quickly. He is a uh, in the top 10 all-time Conference USA home run hitters, the top 15 all-Conference USA Runs scored and hits. That is in the history of Conference USA baseball. He was on the Conference USA team of the decade, a three-time Conference USA All-Conference player, the 2003 Conference USA Scholar Athlete of the Year, and an All-Regional selection in the 2003 NCAA Hattiesburg Regional. Jeff Cook is in the studio with us. Did, did I miss anything, Jeff? Because it was a lot to go over there. No, it's been a long time since I've heard any of those things. Um, it's good to be here. Well, he did. He did fail. He, he did fail to say now working at Dollar General. You know, <laughs> now I put it in my time. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you here, and uh, we want to talk to you. If you've got a while, we're going to keep you for a while. But I would love it. I have to ask you the, right out of the gate that that uh, Monday Scott Berry's on our show every week, and uh, we're all. You know, big admirers of Scott Barry, and he kind of half jokingly said we were talking about Matthew Etzel's, the kid that got a lot of pub this year, is coming over here as a center fielder. He talked about what a great player he is. He said, "But I do have to kind of swallow a little bit when I say he could be the best center fielder to ever play here because of Jeff Cook." Yeah, that's 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 pretty humbling to hear Scott Barry. I guess hold me in such high regard as an outfielder. You know, most of the time you get all the credit for for hitting, um, but I'll tell you, Coach Barry's emphasis and always has been on good pitching and good defense, and the hitting, you know, will come around. But if you play good pitching, good defense, you're going to win a lot of games. If he's saying that about me, I, I I'll tell you what, it means a lot. But um, this kid Etzel, I, I I might need to do a little bit more homework. Um, because you're only going to let him get so good. I'm only going to let him get him so good before I take him out. <laughs> so, no, that's that's fantastic. I, you know, for, for him to 
for Coach Barry to be, you know, kind of looking at this guy and saying, you know, he's got a, he's got a skill set out there. Maybe the tools. That's uh, that. That means well, that, I'll tell you what. I, I feel like I'm honored. He's he's putting me in in that position, but uh, incredible. He's got another kid kind of pegged out here. Well, I know you've heard this a thousand times before, but I'm going to bring it up for the sake of our listeners. Your top ten all time, not in Southern Miss history, but in Conference USA history, and hitting home runs. And the truth is, when you when you tend to think of a home run hitter, you think of a kid built like Matt Walner, you know, big, strong guy. And you were a great athlete. Don't in any way misinterpret this, but you're not a really big guy. What was the secret of a guy your size to be able to hit so many balls out of the park? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a good question. I, I will say I, I, I was able to hit home runs coming up through the ranks, and um, I, I, call, I call Kelly Coach Sander because I, he was – he was coached a lot of those all-star teams growing up. But I was always able to hit the balls over the fence. And, and you know, I don't know if it was hand speed. I don't know if it was just torque with good body, you know, using your hips and, and leveraging. Um, certainly when you got to college, the, 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 the higher speeds of the, of the pitches helped as well. Um, but probably a little bit of all of those things. I, I, I don't know that there was a secret at least I didn't know of a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of time in the weight room because when you when you are a little bit smaller, you have to kind of make up that. And and so I did that with speed and with a lot of weight training. So if it makes you feel better, Edsel has not hit a home run. Okay, so not we're safe once. there. Yeah, at least for the time being. Yeah. We we, we should Ooh. say though, Jeff. You know, just being objective here, that that Edsel does have a pretty ferocious beard, and I've I've never seen you with any facial hair. It wouldn't look right on me, Luke. You just, so he may he may get me in that department. Yeah. So five so five eleven, and with all due respect, that's probably stretching it a little, Jeff. Right? You played at two hundred pounds, right? I mean, five eleven, right. two hundred—that's pretty solid. Uh, you're not anywhere near you know two hundred now, so that obviously had something to do with it. But foot speed and quickness—lots of times people get those traits confused. Except what what's the difference to the layperson at home between speed and quickness? Yeah, so there, you know, there's someone that can you, maybe off the couch get up and run a you know a sixty or or a hundred yard dash and, and be fast, right? I mean, just natural given gift uh, ability. Um, having and being able to turn that, I guess, into quickness or being quick just was separate and distinct um, is something entirely different. That is, you know, what I'm going to call your your twitch muscles, those that you can fire rapidly. Um, and that, and I will say that's that's where I think I thrived. It's, it's a great distinction for me in my mind that you could have put me on a hundred yard dash and I may have lost the race to somebody that was a little taller, longer leg. But if you put me in a in a thirty yard dash or you put me at the at the plate to swing, my fast twitch muscles, and a lot of that was some of that was just God given gift. Um, others were training and folks like Barry going, hey, you need. You're a little smaller. You need to work on these things. Or Coach Palmer, um, and there was a difference. And so to get a jump off a of, off a of pitcher's windup um, to steal a base, you know that was where the quickness and the fast switch muscles came in. And I thrived on that. I knew that was something that I could work on. Not only did I was a God given gift, but I, I could work on that, and I did, and uh, and tried to double down on it. Now you were at Southern Miss from 2000 to 2003. That was not a long time ago. Uh, but when you look at now how baseball has changed behind the scenes nutrition weight training uh even the science of it you know we were talking on the show with scott barry about spin rotation and speed off the bat and all those sorts of things 
it's come a long way in just the 20 years since you've been gone. It's incredible. And so I was I was telling a story earlier. You know, when we were had our weight program at Southern Miss, and it wasn't bad at the time. I'd, I'd even say it was 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 good. But it you didn't have a nutrition plan. Um, and if you wanted to take creatine or some supplement, you know, it was on your own. And were you getting enough calories? Who knew that? Uh, but things have changed. You know, the science of all of that has changed and improved so much that the that what I'd say athletes these days have a leg up in that they know what to put in their bodies. Um, they're certainly watching some of the scientific measures like velocity. They call it velo launch angle, right? I mean, who knew anything about those things 20 years ago? So it's pretty impressive. Sounds like you were on the same nutritional plan back then Kelly's on now. Just so, eat what you want. That's that's right. <laughs> the difference is they would work theirs off, Bob. Mine just Correct. goes to my You're, gut. Yes, yours you know. hasn't gone anywhere. All right, Luke, uh, get in here with the uh, Conference USA All-Decade player, Jeff Cook. As well, we should mention, as we did off air, um, played for the national championship in uh, intramural flag football as well. That's another story for another day. Just an all-around athlete, Jeff Cook. Coming out of North Forest, um, you know, I guess Coach Coach Palmer started in 98, and, you know, so you were there towards the beginning of his uh, head coaching. Uh, but but he from Hattiesburg, you from North Forest, spent four years on the baseball team in Hattiesburg, you have to pinch yourself sometimes and just say I'm playing for for the hometown team. You know that you could have. That's not. There's not truer words, to Luke. I, I will say when I was, I guess in high school, I was a I was a dual sport guy. I, I loved football, maybe even a little bit more than baseball back then. And I remember trying to to figure out how I was going to get a scholarship into football. Size again was the problem, and um, knew I knew I had a knack for baseball. And knew that 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 was a possibility as well. But um, I went to a camp. I think it was like a Christmas camp at USM, and and it was the only baseball camp that I went to in high school, looking or having wanting somebody to look at me. And Coach Palmer was there, and they were they were up and coming at that point. And I remember hitting some. It was rainy, and you know, I was hitting some rubber balls, and the balls were going a little bit further than they were expecting somebody to be able to hit them. And I remember Dan Wagner and Coach Palmer coming up and going, "Hey, are you you got any offers? What's what's the word on you?" And I was like, "Clearly, I'm a football guy, but I don't know if I'm going to get a scholarship, and would love to play baseball." And being in Hattiesburg, um, up at North Forest, loved Southern Miss. Would not have even thought about going to another school in the state at that time. And um, anyway, th- th- de- some definite interest in that camp from Coach Palmer and this, and, and Coach uh, Dan Wagner. Um, but I no no offers until they actually came and watched me play football the next fall. And I was a veer option quarterback, and I can't remember who they came to watch me play, but a little bit of grit out there, and they saw a little fire in this, uh, feisty fire in the, in, in the gut, and it was not a day or two later, Coach Palmer called and offered me a scholarship. But that, that district back then, North Forest, East Marion, Bassfield, I so mean, good. every year South State 2A was going to be won by one of those three it teams. Was, it was coming through 8-2A. All right, we're talking to Jeff Cook. Uh, Magnificent baseball player for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. We're going to keep him over. Kelly's leaving. He's got a what a, a Pearl, Chinese Pearl, buffet special. No, no, that? no oh, Chinese no, buffet special today. Right. About Pearl River's plan. All right, Kelly will be back on the show tomorrow with Luke. Jeff will rejoin Luke and I on the other side of the break. Stay with us.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, don't forget you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast, and many, many people do anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can simply tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Very, very grateful for everybody that, that tunes us in uh, via that uh, source. And uh, there are advertising opportunities now officially available on the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. If you're interested, reach out to us and uh, we'll get one of our sales guys over there and uh, they can hook you up. Campus Bookboard sponsors this segment of the program. Uh, Miss Kathleen is just the best there is. Uh, they're located on Hardy Street right across from Southern Miss Campus. You can shop them seven days a week in the store or anytime you like online at campusbookmart.net. Be sure to tell Miss Kathleen, the guys from the Eagle Hour set hello. Joe Marino is the Director of Player Personnel for Southern Miss Football. He's going to join us uh, in the next segment. But right now we're going to continue our conversation with Jeff Cook. Kelly had to step out uh, to take care of some stuff at Pearl River, and uh, so Luke and I are back with Jeff. And Jeff, uh, I don't want to make too much of him because he listens to the show some, and I don't want him to think that I'm – being too flattering, I guess, for lack of a better term. But uh, I have huge admiration for Scott Berry, not only as a baseball coach, but as a human being. I think he's even probably a better human being than he is a baseball coach, and that says a lot. Your thoughts about Scott Berry and what he has meant to the culture of Southern Miss baseball? Um, you know, I, I, it's hard to put into words what you know what he means, and, and I would agree with you. He, he is probably a better man than a baseball coach, and – He's the best, one of the best baseball coaches, right? And we, we all know that. Um, you know, when you start talking, and, and for me, ex- experiencing him as a coach, I remember there being a couple of different traits that I, that I thought were um, fascinating to me as, as a young man. Now looking back as, you know, as a dad or, or even more incredible. One, he, he commanded respect and showed you how to do things the right way and not necessarily how to play baseball the right way, but just how to hold yourself and talk to people. Um, the, the other is he always had a philosophy and he, it always was a plan. And if the plan didn't work, we go to another plan. And I shared with the team, um, not, not too long ago that, um, and I was actually do, doing a, a devotional for the team, but I shared with the team a hitting philosophy that he gave me back in 2000 or 2002, um, which I think was his first year, and, and and just in saying that to the team, it 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 invoked this feeling of he he came in with a plan, and he was a young coach in 2002, and you know I don't know that I'm sure that his plan was he would you know become a D1 coach and maybe even Southern Miss coach back then, but you could see it all over him as a, as a young player, a young man player back then that he was special. And I think over the course of now 22 years, I think, or 23 years that he's been there, the program's identity is is so ingrained in who he is as a coach and as a man. And and I learned through personally and through some things that I know uh, Scott has done with other employees here at Supertalk that fell ill and, and people in general, what a kind human being he is away from the TV cameras or the radio microphones. He's a genuine guy that genuinely cares about other people. And I'm sure that comes across to the baseball players. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I think he, you, you know that he's for sure genuine and, um, and certainly supporting and helping you develop as a player and, and then as a, as a person too. Right, right. 
Luke, get back in here with Jeff Cook. Jeff, 2003 was a real special year for for the the conference. I mean, for for Southern Miss as a whole in Conference USA. You guys, um, you know, did the uh, hosted the regional. We ended up winning um, the the conference championship in football. But I just started going back. I, I loved it. I was I was a sophomore at the time, and I just remember the 2003 team. Because a lot of them, a lot of the guys my age, and and uh, got to know a bunch of you baseball guys. But but just just listen. I, I know you probably have the entire roster memorized, but Southern Miss fans will appreciate this. Daniel Best, Stephen Castleman, Kevin Coker, Jeff Cook, Ryan Frith, Bo Griffin, Jared Hoffpower, Clint King, Brent Leach, Jason Lowry, Mark Maddox, Bob McCrory, Cliff Russell, Big John Nicholas, Matt Shepard, Austin Tubb, Carlos Velasquez. Oh, and this dude named Brad Wilcutt. That is a crazy roster. There's a reason why you guys host today. I mean, I, I just I look back and that's one of the best collections of, of athletes on any roster. What they did at the time and what they did, uh, you know, beyond their baseball career at Southern Miss. Yeah, hearing you say that, and I could have, I probably could have recited that, Luke. But that that group of guys, when you look at what they did over the course of a USM career is is crazy. But then you know there's a, a couple of us um, that I say a couple of us. I, it really wasn't me at all. But there's a couple of them that ended up playing in the big leagues for for a little while. So the talent was incredible on that. That was assembled on that team. And I look back and think those names that you just mentioned. A lot of those are South or Central Mississippi names. Yeah, talent in Mississippi was was crazy back then. I'm sure it's the same as it is today. But back then, Coach Palmer knew that there was a well here in in South Mississippi and Central Mississippi, and he went and got it. Going going back to that, I've looked up some stats too. Just that year for you, 95 hits. You batted 374 on the year. Only struck out 31 times. 76 ribbies, 71 runs. You hit 23 bombs. You weren't the only guy on the team that hit 23 bombs. Clint King did as well. What what was it like? You know, having a, a prolific home run hitter right behind you in the line, right in front of you in the lineup, or behind well, you you were third, or he was fourth, or was it flipped? Yeah, I was third, and he was usually fourth or fifth. Sometimes, right. sometimes Coach uh, Palmer would put a right hander in between us. We both were left handed sticks, and when he would do that, it would it would help alleviate late in the games bullpen changes to lefties. Or if you right. were going to do it, you'd have to go left, right, left if you wanted you wanted to do that. And Will Cut usually batted fourth. But in thinking of, in thinking through that, I remember early in my career when we didn't have the talent you just named. Uh, and we were still good, but um, I remember getting pitched around and some of our other hitters being able to be pitched around. And when you start putting in the wheel cuts and the Kings, um, there's no – and half powers. I mean, go down – go up to that lineup. You can't pitch around anybody. And I remember just thinking, you've got you to throw strikes. And they did. They had to throw strikes. You couldn't put anybody on base intentionally. And uh, that helped. Everybody hit because you couldn't pitch around anybody. Yeah, just the, the, you and Clint being able to push each other, particularly, and then I think a lot of people forget Frith at twenty-two the next year. So I mean, it was a it was a long ball city back then. Uh, help our listeners understand the grind of college baseball. We we forget that the guys you know in black and gold right now, um, they're, they're student athletes and they're young men, maturing young men, and you know sometimes uh, we we treat them like they're professionals when when they're student athletes, and it, and it is a grind in baseball season. Yeah, you know, probably lost on a lot of just your casual fan, but those those guys are getting into class every day and being held accountable for it. 
and and some on scholarship, even held accountable to the extent they you know lose a scholarship if they don't do perform well in, in the classroom. But I will say that um, under the program, coach. I, and I remember is very adamant that you you better do good in school. That's what you, you know. That's what you're here for first. And so those guys are going to school in the mornings, early afternoons, then go into their job and you know late afternoons, um, and then of course during the season traveling. Yeah. And uh, it is a grind, and you have to sometimes remember to eat three meals a day. Uh, you have to remember to eat snacks, and while you're you know while you're on the go so much, you got to find a time to study and find a time to write a paper. You know, it's it's highly impressive when you kind of drill down in the lives of those those baseball players, softball players, um, those student athletes, because they are tied up all the time. Yeah. La- last question for me. Give us your best Corky story. Hmm. Um, Fun, something funny. Something funny. Um, you know, I have a I have a lot of Coach Palmer stories. Uh, probably the funniest and. Uh, I'm sure there's somebody we could find that could could validate this story, but we were out tarping the field one morning. Rain had come up sometime around 10 a.m., and we would get a text, and if we were in class, we couldn't come. But if we were out of class, we'd come and put the tarp on the field. And we get out there, and the wind picks up, and and Coach Palmer's hanging on to one side, one of the corners, and that wind picks picks the tarp up. And so goes with it, Coach Palmer, <laughs> about six feet in the air. And, and he had to let go. And he came down kind of on his backside. And uh, anyway, you can just uh, you can visualize that. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> there are many Coach Palmer stories, aren't there? There are. Does this sound realistic to you? I'll say this as quickly as I can. We're about out of time. A former player told us this story. He's pitching. He's having a really bad game. Coach Palmer comes to the mound and the the guy says, Coach, I'm not tired. And Coach Palmer takes the ball and says, I'm sure you're not, son, but the outfielders are worn out from chasing all the damn line drives. <laughs> That's classic, Kim. <laughs> we should write a book. You're right about that. Somebody should uh, write a book. Hey, man, we really appreciate you coming. About 20 seconds left. As a guy that helped establish the greatness of the Southern Miss baseball program, put into words what it meant to you to watch him eliminate LSU from the regionals last year. Uh, it was so satisfying to see us take a perennial baseball champion um, and someone that we always grew up in, in this area knows very well being great baseball, a great baseball college team. It was great to see us make them come to our field and then beat them. That, it was so satisfying. It was really magnificent, wasn't it? None better ever to wear the black and gold than Jeff Cook, man. And we thank you very much for coming in the thank studio. Thank you for having me. We'll be Thanks, right Jeff. Top. All right, we want to thank Jeff Cook, one of the all-time great Southern Miss baseball players, and that's saying a lot. I appreciate him spending half an hour with us here in the studio. Impressive guy, and uh, 
well, you you heard his bio. I mean, I could take me another five minutes to read off all his accomplishments. But what a what a great member of the Southern Miss baseball family. This segment sponsored by Four Street Bar and Grill, great supporters of our program, great supporters of Southern Miss Athletics, and a great place for you to have lunch. It's delicious Monday through Friday, just nine dollars and ninety five cents. Also, want to thank Jana King, the King of Clean, for their support of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Jana King Clean team has been working for over 35 years cleaning places of work, education, medicine, eateries, stadiums, and worship right here in the Pine Belt, and they can do the same for you. Just go to JanaKingCleans.com. Eagle Hour on the road. Thursday we'll be broadcasting from Corner Market Midtown. Former Athletics Director uh, Richard Giannini will be joining us. But right now we've got the Director of Player Personnel for Southern Miss Football, Mr. Joe Mar- Reno on the uh, program for us. And, uh, hey, Whitman, we're glad to have you back. Uh, now that spring football uh, is behind you, uh, your thoughts about uh, what's occurred since the end of football season last year and, and, and what you expect going into the fall camp that uh, now lies ahead. Yeah, first off, and I appreciate you guys having me back on. I uh, love ch- chatting it up with you guys. Uh, really, really excited, you know, from my perspective is going into each spring is like seeing the guys you've added mid-year and what they bring to the table. Uh, so it's kind of like my, my Christmas is opening up that first spring practice and, and seeing these guys run around and, you know, how many I think we really were successful in evaluating. Um, so really seeing the progression from from day one at the end of February through today, um, it's, I think we took a lot of big strides and you know, we still got a ways to go, and I think we'll utilize that this, throughout the summer and this fall. But it's uh, it's always fun seeing the pieces uh, to the puzzle coming together. All right, uh, before we throw it to Luke, just kind of give us, a, in a nutshell, the evaluation process. Where does it start? What's the first thing you want to look at when you're looking at a kid? And, and take us as quickly as you can through the process uh, to the point that you decide you're going to offer him. Yeah, from a timeline perspective, really their junior year to me is the most important uh, year for them in terms of playing football. Uh, after Right after their season, through their season, we're evaluating the film. Um, and basically you start off with a, with a huge number of guys that you're watching and you whittle it down to, to who you want to see this spring. Or, you know, coaches go on the road and uh, you get a chance to get kids to campus. And that's what we do a lot in the spring is uh, get some measurements, get some, you know, personality, some character, you know, what they're like when they're on campus. Um, and then, you know, our coaches go out on the road again in the spring and we kind of point them in the direction where they need to go. Uh, and then camp, obviously, is a huge component of our, of our evaluation process, seeing them compete live versus other top guys that we're recruiting. Uh, that's where most of our guys end up getting their offer. Uh, if we haven't already offered just off of film, uh, I would say most of our offers go out uh, after the camp circuit and seeing them compete live. Interesting. Luke? Joe, thanks so much for coming on. And and one of the things that we hear Coach Hall talk about, when he came in, we needed depth. And then you hear him now, you know, three years into the process, we have depth. And I think people that have watched practice and have watched, uh, watched the spring game over the weekend, they talk about roster depth, that what you guys have done. And, I mean, that's just a credit to you and, and the hard work that, that you put in. Um, but, but again, just remind, I mean, there's, there's several dynamics to depth, obviously injury related, but what are some of those other reasons why it's so imperative to have such depth in, at a, on a college football team? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the first thing I think of with depth is like injury and that's, that's naturally going to happen. 
So having somebody in that two role that's ready to go, that's comparable to that one is, is of massive importance. Uh, I think the transfer portal is also, you know, put into perspective how much depth you need on your roster and being able to layer your roster in a way where, you know, these freshmen, they could come in and they don't have to play right now. I think that's important. When you're, when you're recruiting high school kids as immediate needs, I think you could find yourself in, in a, a little bit of a pickle there because, you know, a lot of those guys, it's, it takes time to develop and be a player. Um, but having depth in terms of your current roster, I think it's absolutely imperative. And I, like you were saying, I think we're doing a pretty good job of, of building that out. And if you look at the D-line room right now, I think that's arguably the most uh, impressive uh, depth-wise. Yeah, and, and it, it's just fun to watch those guys come in on waves, you know. And, and as you said, you know, you you kind of get rewarded uh, watching this this spring practice. I do want to ask you uh, about you know more and more we've seen where the young guys will come in, they'll end their high school career at December. We joke about it; they miss miss prom, miss the spring. But but it is so imperative. Uh, it's a given with JUCO guys, but so imperative to get young guys. In, and we've seen the game develop, and you know I, th- I think some people don't realize how much it's changed just in the last five uh, years, especially the last decade, with younger guys coming and going through spring. Yeah, I think you see it perfectly in a guy like Kenyon Clay. You know where he was last spring when he first got onto campus to where he is right now. It's like, you know, I always knew he was going to be a good player. I didn't realize how good until we got through that first spring, first fall, and now that second spring, and he already knows the offense. He's full cylinders. He doesn't have to think. He could just react and play the way he, he, he's meant to play the game. Uh, so whenever you've got a guy that can, can come in early and roll, that's a, a massive um, you know, that, that's a massive advantage uh, for us. We, we promote that, you know, but we also don't you know, force anybody to do that. You know, if it's something sure. that they want to do, we're, we're all about it. Um, ironically, we haven't had that many this this uh, this semester come in early. We had three, and they were all rehabbing injuries, but which I also think is a benefit for them too. But uh, anytime we can, we we definitely want that to happen. Yeah, one of those guys, Matthew Nixon, uh, went to West Jones, got to watch him play. Excited for him to be be a Golden Eagle. So uh, a lot of people <laughs> will say, "Okay, well, we signed that class. Joe didn't have anything to worry about till whatever." But, so, but practically <laughs> now that spring spring ball's over, what do what what are you doing? I mean, are, is it you just continually evaluate talent? What what are you doing from now till you know till the summer workouts? Yeah, it really. Really, signing that used to be a big conclusion, but really, it's just the immediate start. Like you're already starting on that next class, um, you know, months before signing day even happens. So, spring for me really is, like I said, getting these kids on campus and me kind of feeling them out, and you know, introducing our program, giving them information, um, and also evaluating our roster at the same time. Because with this this second portal window opening up, you kind of want to know where you stand with your roster, you know, what needs you might need to address. And um, I think that's important. Like you'll see me at practice, I'm carrying around a binder, just writing notes down on each player, got a report on each player. Uh, it's it's a little bit like a, like an off season in NFL. Like, you know, you're evaluating your own team. Yeah. Uh, Joe, how, how much, uh, obviously the, the portal has changed everything, but, but from the perspective of someone that plays, the role that you play uh, on the Southern Miss football team, in a sense, are you are you always recruiting your own players 
to keep them out of the portal. How much how much time does the portal take in in regard to what your responsibilities are monitoring the the portal? How much time do you have to spend doing that? For me, not as much. I think really the reassurance of our own roster falls on our you know the position coach and coach hall and um you know but that's really just a testament to the culture that you're building you know we we're lucky enough where we haven't been in an instance where uh we lost a guy we really love and it's hard you know um to separate from this situation i don't think that we've been really in that situation before but that's just a testament to what you know the guys enjoy being here you know they enjoy being around us they enjoy being around each other um so really you have to have that in order to survive in this portal era, or you're going to see, you know, 20 guys leave mass exodus every semester. Right. But one thing you have done with huge success is benefit from the portal. And you mentioned earlier Absolutely. the defensive line room uh, to Luke. And that's the most obvious thing that just jumped out at everybody that followed the football program last year. What's been the success there? You guys have just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I think, you know, we do a good job of building relationships with some of these kids in high school, you know, especially Coach Hall with his, his roots, Coach Stringer, uh, now Coach Wilson, Coach Lindsey. Uh, a lot of these guys have previous relationships with these players, and they've recruited them before. Um, so if a player's unhappy, he gets in the portal, and, you know, a lot of times these guys are reaching out to us. You know, we hear some good things, you know, what's your roster look like? Um and obviously, from my perspective, the guy, it's not every scenario, right? I have to evaluate a lot of these guys' tape, and I think it's a fun part of my job. You know, a lot of guys, it's a bit of a challenge, but at the same time, it opens up a whole new avenue uh, of evaluation and roster building, and I think it's an exciting time in college football. Can you stick around a few more minutes, Joe? Absolutely. All right, Joe Marino is the Director of Player Personnel, Southern Miss Football. He's on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're going to keep him for the uh, last segment. As we go into the break, I want to remind everybody that we'll be at Corner Market Midtown this Thursday at 1 o'clock broadcasting. Richard Giannini will be joining us. Between now and then, we're asking all of our listeners, when you're in a corner market, please pick up a couple extra cans of food and drop it in the collection barrels that you'll see at the exit of every corner market. We want to donate as much food as possible to Homes of Hope for Kids. Uh, for Easter, and we'd love some Easter baskets to deliver down there as well. So if you can do that, we'd be grateful, or you can bring it to us Thursday when we're broadcasting from 1 to 2. We'll be right back. Super Talk Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you on this Tuesday by DBAT and D1 Training. Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, dbathattiesburg.com. Going to be rainy a little later uh, this week as we approach Easter. Great opportunity for uh, for your kids and your team to uh, get some great indoor training and indoor uh, workout hitting facilities there at DBAT and D1 Training in Hattiesburg. Luke and Bob from the Southern Bank Horse Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, we continue with 
Director of Player Personnel for Southern Miss Football, Joe Moreno. And uh, so, Coach, spring gets gets done today, and uh, you're you're looking out there. Go back to what you said in in the first segment. I mean, it, it it's got to be very rewarding. Um, to we were joking in, in the uh, in the in the commercial break about you know just seeing plays. You you see guys make plays on Fridays and Thursday nights. You evaluate their talent, and then especially when when certain people graduate, certain guys get more reps, and it all just kind of comes together and gives you an excitement for the fall. Yeah, it's, it's it's super exciting. You know, these guys that you've been watching for for two years now. You know, and you've been standing around the table for, and you know, we got to take this guy and all these opinions. You know, and when it finally you know comes to fruition, uh, either whether that's in spring practice or you know when they first step on campus in the summer, going into fall camp, like it, there's no better feeling as an evaluator. You you mentioned culture because because we we really really like the culture and and one things that I have uh, you know complimented Coach Hall on is that he knows what he inherited he knows old school Southern Miss football he's you know he's friends with Coach Bauer understands all that for you as somebody on the inside but at the same time selling that culture you know to to people who we want to be future Golden Eagles what are the big things that you emphasize about the culture that Coach Hall and his staff are building in Hattiesburg. Yeah, I think a lot of it's shown like old school film of of some of these old guys, you know, that are that are hitting, that are running around. Marshan, you know, Rod Davis, uh, with Brett Favre, just like the kind of attitude that they played with, the kind of the nastiness, the the gunslinger, the, you know, playmaker guys that just they just wanted to hit you, you know, they, they don't care less. They they want to get you to the ground and, and hit you in the mouth. Like that's that's what we kind of preach here. Um, and, and you know, we're lucky enough to be in Mississippi, which a lot of these kids, that's all they know how to do anyway. So uh, I think it works out. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun being able to pitch that and then watch all the old-school film and, and see how they got down back in the day. Bob? All right, uh, looking back on, on the spring camp, I, I read where Coach Hall said he thought every practice, with one exception, was filled with the spirit and intensity uh, that he was looking for. I, I was out at several of the practices, and – I really couldn't tell a lot of difference in fall practice and spring ball. They were really getting after it in spring football this year, right? Yeah, I thought it was one of the most physical springs, probably the most physical spring we've had yet. And I think that, you know, we were talking about depth before. Um, You know, in the past few years, you know, we take out the ones and the line of scrimmage was just, it was a little bit dead, you know. Mm -hmm. It was like they were playing, you know, thud instead of going full go. Um, but this, like we wrote out, rotate the ones out and the twos are coming right at you again. Like there's no, there's no step off in physicality. And that's what you, that's what you want to see. That's what I love to see too. Of course, and I have to ask you this question. There was uh, you got two new quarterbacks in camp, one from Houston, one from uh, Clemson. You've got a returning quarterback. You've got a kid here from Tuscaloosa that is coming off of a knee injury. And I, I would assume he may be, you know, future uh, quarterback down the road, but how, describe the quarterback competition that you saw in the spring. Yeah, it's just been fun to be, you know, to see our offense finally functioning at, at, at the level that we, we've always imagined it to. Um, it's hitting on all cylinders right now and having some experienced guys back there that can take command of the offense, that can go through their reads, that they go up to the line and they check and they see, you know, pre-snap read what the coverage is. Um, you know, and, and Holman and Billy are very different play style guys. Um, you know, Holman's got a little bit of the 
gunslinger edge to him. Meanwhile, Billy's what I like to call like a surgical passer. So just two completely different play styles and watching them get after it, watching Wilkie progress. Um, it, it's, it's really been awesome to watch this spring. And I think, uh, it's going to be fun to continue to watch that through fall camp. As someone who evaluates talent, though, can can you give us an evaluation of Billy Wiles' first uh, big one from Wards per, uh, per for, from Matthew Riles? <laughs> uh, the Wards uh, awards evaluation. Uh, you you yeah, can uh, you can confirm though that that he actually did have awards for the first time. He sure did. He sure did. I think he felt he felt the after effect just as much as uh, as the initial effect. So. That's what you're Good talking stuff. about right there, Joe. Good right, stuff. that was a, that was a soundbite uh, after the awards experience. <laughs> hey, man, it's always great to have you on the show. You're always a welcome guest here, and thanks to you and Coach Hall, you guys are so open and accessible to us, and uh, we appreciate that a lot, Joe. So uh, we thank you for coming on today. I appreciate all your guys' support, and then anytime, I'd love to hop back on it with you guys. Good deal. Joe Marino, Marino, I should say. Joe Marino, the Director of Player Personnel, Southern Miss Football. Great show today. Talk to the great Jeff Cook and now Coach Marino. Good stuff taking place at Southern Miss Athletics. All right, Kelly's out. Luke and I are still here, so we'll tell you. Until next time, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping Into the future Talk Mississippi Media Production.